0: The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel and I'm here as always with Mike. And uh, we're going to break down Road Rager, this week's installment of All Elite Wrestling Dynamite. And uh, we're going to kick things off by discussing the main event uh, which saw the tag team of Eddie Kingston and Penta taking on the Young Bucks in a street fight for the All Elite Wrestling tag team championships.
0: Stock up, stock down. This match was brutal, man. <laughs> like I we've we've grown accustomed to getting some violence on AEW television and this definitely was a return to form. And, uh, if you put the young bucks in a match with any combination of a lucha Pro, you know, shit's going to be wild. Um, I I think it's a winning formula that AEW's like, yeah, we're going to use this often and a lot. Um, you know, for me, Joel, I think this, this is really about the spots throughout the match. Um, I didn't actually feel there was going to be a title change here just because it didn't feel like Penta and Kingston as a team to carry the division and also get the kind of tag team rub off of beating the Bucks for the title. So I really just wanted to see what these two teams had in store. And when there was a a destroyer into a table within the first four minutes of the match, five minutes of the match, I was like, this is this is going to deliver on the spot. So, Joel, what were your initial reactions of the street fight?
1: I mean, it was fun from the start with the Bucks coming out in their tiny little jean shorts. (laughs) I loved it. Like finding new and unique ways to heal off on a week-to-week basis. It's just Mm -hmm. really fun seeing their evolution as heals. And I catch myself like being mad in the moment, like, God, fuck (laughs) these guys. (laughs) And then it's like, oh yeah, that's the point. Like that's how I'm supposed to feel. And the fact that they can continually get that rise out of the audience that like deep down we love the young bucks. We love them so yeah. much. And the fact that they're still managing to piss us off on a weekly basis is fantastic. It's great heel work. Yeah. And uh I-, I thought this match really took a turn when the thumbtacks came out. And mm-hmm. uh there were some spots that I have not seen on like a mainstream wrestling product like Throwing thumbtacks in somebody's face. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Which like, especially they did that spot again on the outside and it, it looked like thumbtacks were going to go into the crowd. And it's like, how do you do that safely? And I don't think there's really a way to. You,
0: you waive so much liability when you buy a ticket. (laughs) Like, like it is like, I remember learning about it in like my business law class and in college. And basically you paying money basically says, yep, I waive all rights here. Like, unless it's extreme, like the woman getting hit with a broken baseball bat in Boston or the girl who got nailed with the hockey puck. Like, yeah. So fuck the splash zone. You're in the thumbtack zone when you're at an AEW event, but yeah, throwing of the thumbtacks The we've seen the thumbtacks in the mouth. Uh, We've seen like a duct tape, but to put the thumbtacks in the mouth and immediately eat a, a super kick, was quite brutal. Um, when have
1: we seen that before? I don't remember seeing that before.
0: Oh, it, there was, oh, the, I, I don't know. If, oh, was I have, on to, a have to look it up because
1: like, it might've been on, on a pay-per-view television.
0: Yeah. It, it must've been a pay-per-view match, but I know we've seen that before, but yeah, seeing it on TV and just knowing that these guys aren't going to use the fake thumbtacks either. Um, and I thought, I thought the, the heel work by the bucks here was awesome. The fact that their ring gear can elicit a heel response I think is fantastic and that they're not coming out in the same stuff every week. There's always something a little different. And then the, the 450 splash on the ref to save the match. Like very easily could have just done the 450 onto Kingston and whichever Buck Brother it was and the, the real naked choke. But they did it on the ref and they took out the ref multiple times. If this feud is going to continue, I would love for them to be in some sort of I don't know, match where it doesn't like a cage match or Hell in a Cell equivalent, something like that to really keep the outside interference and honestly the the abuse of the refs out of it. So um, yeah, this this was crazy fun. I I love these pairings. Um, This story with Eddie Kingston is going on for months and it has yet to feel flat to me. Um, I don't know if they can run it back another time, (laughs) give Kingston a third title match with another partner, but, um, I'm curious to see what they're doing and side note that Moxley versus Carl Anderson match for the IWGP us title next week is another wrinkle they're adding to this storyline. So yeah, I'm enjoying it, dude. This is, this is fun stuff.
1: Yeah, I think that matches something we'll talk about later on in this episode, Mm -hmm. because I I imagine we're both very excited for that. Um, I I think the the story here kind of going forward is about the only way you're going to beat the Bucks and take the titles off of them is if there is either a force on your side to Mm -hmm. prevent the interference or a stipulation like you mentioned, because the Bucks have demonstrated that they are the best tag team in the world at cheating to win. And Mm -hmm. it's fantastic because it's not happening the same exact way every time. And it feels like every time there's an extra layer of the, the cheating that gets thwarted by the good guys. And then there's another layer underneath. So, you know, first Mm -hmm. it was, uh, you know, Brandon Cutler, getting interfered with and, and accidentally spraying the bucks last week. Uh, before that, we saw the elite hunter, Frankie Kazarian start to come out and provide some some counter interference. And now like all of those things are happening in every match, but they're inconsequential. And then there's a new thing that they're doing like attacking the referee. And we continually see this cheating escalate and either it's going to reach a level where they just can't cheat enough to win. <laughs> or, you know, Tony Khan is going to make a match that prevents them from engaging in these cheating measures and assures a clean result.
0: Yeah, this seems like you could go the Randy Orton route. If you get disqualified, you drop the belt, you know, really put the pressure on them that way. Uh, you could see John Moxley kind of come back, even the odds. Um, with, you know, Kingston, Penta, uh, Kazarian, um, hell man, this could bleed over into the dark order stuff too. That's going on with Kenny and the elite. So the fact that there's so many different aspects involved with this, uh, the elite and who they're feuding with, like the possibilities are endless, but I'm trying to think now, which, who is a young, like who's a tag team that could really benefit from taking these belts off the bucks and man, they've beaten everyone. (laughs) Like, like it's similar to the Kenny story of I've pinned everyone who, and we've seen more singles debuts in the last few weeks, few months where it just, it's going to add contenders to Kenny or to Miro to an extent, but where are these new contenders coming from in the tag division? And that's one thing that I'm a little, Concerned about because we haven't had a true tag team feud with the Bucks in a while. It's been Kingston Mox, it's been Kingston Penta, Pack Penta. Like these aren't traditional duos who are you know known for tag team wrestling.
1: Yeah, I, I think though there's still an amazing locker of talent. I don't think it has mm-hmm. to be a new team necessarily. Uh, I, I think you could see Jurassic Express find a way to get over the hump. And that would be a huge boon to them because although Jungle Boy is a huge star, that group hasn't really accomplished much. So Mm -hmm. winning a title would be big for them. And I don't think you have to look any further than Santana and Ortiz for the team that should eventually take the titles off the bucks. They're amazing. They've been with the company since October of 2019, Mm -hmm. you know, really, really close to the beginning. And they're one of the best tag teams in the world. Every time they're in a high profile match, it's one of the best matches on the card. Top two, top three. So I think they're the right answer. They just need to get past FTR and finish their program there and kind of extricate themselves from the larger pinnacle inner circle stuff that's going on so that they can go after the belts. But that's what I want to see. I would love to see... Young Bucks versus Proud and Powerful at All Out or at Full Gear. And for that to be when those titles change hands.
0: Yeah, it's we just got to see that pinnacle <laughs> Inner circle story actually come to a conclusion, which looks like that's not going to happen <laughs> anytime soon. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what they do here. Um, I'm kind of already in all out mode, like I'm looking at all these shows, all these results what can we build towards all out? What, what is that show going to be? Um, and yeah, I, I'm getting sick of the bucks, man. They piss me off every week. (laughs) They're so good at it. And I don't usually fall for kayfabe like this. I'm not usually like, Oh, I hate him. I like, I hate the bucks right now. I fucking hate it. It's going to be so fucking good when they lose the titles. I can't, I can't wait, dude. And, (laughs) If you really want to make it insane, man, have a, have Omega and the Bucks lose the titles on the same night and just send the elite spiraling and see how dangerous they are when they're wounded and hurt like that. That's, that's going to be fun. Speaking of which, do you want to move on to our next topic? King of Segways here with Kenny Omega and Hangman Page?
1: Yeah, so something that Uh, will likely be uh, at least coming to somewhat of a conclusion soon is Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. We got another promo segment involving Kenny, involving the Dark Order, and this time Hangman Page came to the ring. And uh, on top of that, we actually had kind of a date mentioned as part of this promo. They talked about, uh, Don Callis and Kenny talked about that Kenny Omega doesn't have a challenger, for Fight for the Fallen. And so it sounds like maybe this is where this match between Kenny Omega and Hangman Page is going to take place. Uh, I thought this whole thing, including the last couple of weeks, has been really good for Evil Uno, because we've gotten Mm -hmm. to see him take a starring role on the mic and demonstrate that he cuts a really good promo. And uh, this was really fun. Uh I like Kenny going for the low hanging fruit pun intended uh with his uh capital of Thailand joke stock
0: down to Evil Uno for falling for that man. That joke has been around since we were in like 6th grade.
1: Did you see Stuck Did you see Evil Uno? Did you see that he he <laughs> tweeted later on during Dynamite Oh, it's Bangkok. I get it
0: now. <laughs> so Joel, for me Evil Uno should be the challenger at Fighter Fest not hangman page. I think that would be a way to keep this going to get the hangman uh omega match at All Out. You just have Uno come out next week He's like page I need to do this, do something and then have omega just beat the shit out of him taunt page saying you did this because you let your friend fight your battle. And boom, there you go. And also, Evil Uno, Kenny Omega would put on a great match. It'd be so much fun. Like, like you, like I always forget how good he is on the mic. I also forget how good Evil Uno is in the ring. Like, he's kind of take. People forget... Uh, Brody Lee saved the Dark Order. They were not flourishing before Brody Lee showed up. But man, those early matches, like... Evil Uno Sue Grayson can work. We've seen him do it, and that Evil Uno uh, Miro match a few weeks ago was was excellent. So I think putting him into this story with Kenny to a delay the Kenny Omega Hangman Page match because I don't think that should be on TV. That is too good to be a TV match. I think it's a great way to extend it. But um, I really liked the segment as a whole. Um, but Joel, I have a question for you. I kind of wanted to hold off any sort of hangman page interaction with the elite a little while longer? Cause I really thought they could have played up the Kenny's kind of not afraid, not sorry. Hangman's not afraid of Kenny, but he's kind of, he's not ready to confront it. I think they could have done this better. What were your thoughts on them pulling the trigger of this somewhat confrontation early?
1: So I think the way that this segment was structured, if he doesn't come out and intervene, He kind of looks like a piece of shit because like his friends are all out there and it's not going well. So his involvement was necessary in order to save his friends. And I think there are a couple of different ways that you can move forward. If they are doing Hangman Page and Kenny Omega at Fight for the Fallen, then it makes sense for Hangman Page to be involved at this stage If they're not, and they're pushing that off, he can very easily next week say like, hey, what happened last week? That was about me helping my friends. That has nothing to do with Kenny Omega. And I'm, you know, he's doing his thing. I'm doing my thing. The important thing is that, like, I'm there for my friends. And I think there's a way you can play it off if you're looking to stretch out this Mm -hmm. feud longer. But I think what's most likely is that we're going to get round one between these two and I say round one I know they've faced each other before but this is the first time they've faced each other since Kenny won Mm -hmm. the belt Uh, so round one between these two I think is going to take place at fight for the fallen I don't love it but at the same time I'm so excited for this match that I'm going to be glued to the screen I'll even watch the stupid picture in picture stuff
0: (laughs) do you skip the picture in picture I usually fast forward if I'm watching it not live
1: yeah, if, if I'm not live, then I fast forward through picture and picture okay. because it just, it's, I, I, my attention gets distracted. Yeah. It's too small of a screen with something else going on on the same screen, much bigger, and mm-hmm. not having the commentary or even just not having the sounds of the ring makes it hard for me to pay close attention to it. I yeah. know there's a way to like use a VPN and watch, Via fight. I fight TV on mm-hmm. like the Canadian stream or something. And you can actually watch an uninterrupted uh, dynamite. But that's, I don't much know. Work. It just, that's a lot of work.
0: <laughs> um, my last thought on this for me, Joel is I, I also like that it was Stu Grayson brawling with Kenny. When the, like the brawl broke out, that's another person I could see Kenny facing. If they decide to stretch the hangman page, Uh, Omega match to all out. So, you know, there's plenty of Dark Order members here. It's probably the only faction in AEW that has more members than the elite. So if you're looking at pure numbers like they stack up. So it's 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 going to be fun. Uh, God, we're only week one through our July pay-per-view. So can't wait to see what the rest of the the month entails. But Joel, let's uh, let's move on here. And uh, yeah, we may have buried the lead.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We may have buried the lead here because we had a huge debut on this episode of Dynamite. Uh, Tommy End, uh, currently known as Malachi Black, not Alistair Black, uh, made his debut and and did so by looking real creepy and Mm -hmm. uh, kicking Arn Anderson in the face and then kicking Cody in the face. How do we feel about this?
0: I love it, man. I I think we all knew this was going to happen at some point. Tony Khan has talked about as, as as recent as I think two days ago about how we should expect a ton of surprises over the next few weeks, few months. Like, yeah, Tony Khan has not been shy about this stuff before. So I think we all knew it was coming. I love the execution though. I loved how they had the lights go out during Cody's match at the beginning of the show and like, Oh, you know, the weather's been bad here. We've had some technical issues all day. So when the lights went out again, I got this spoiled for me, which is such a bummer, but I could have, I would have just been like, Oh, okay. The lights just went out again. Like I thought this was perfect. I thought it was a way to kind of, because Joel universal wrestling trope is when you, when the lights go out, something's happening. So the fact that they basically were like, Oh no, never mind. Just was perfect. I love how they did that. Love the execution. And he looks like a badass, man. He's selling, I guess, that eye injury that he took from uh, Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy last year still. Uh, So I think that's kind of cool that we're bringing some continuity over from the other wrestling company. And Cody Rhodes is the face gatekeeper of AEW. Like, it's a big deal if you debut and you get put into a story with Cody right away. So this is a match that I think we've all wanted. And, you know, Cody and Alistair, sorry, Malachi black is going to deliver. I don't like the name though. Just be Tommy end. Like, and also if you're, if you're an audience member in the crowd, you're not hearing commentary saying that's not Tommy End, that's Malachi black. So like, I'm surprised you didn't get a Tommy, Tommy, Tommy chant at some point
1: yeah i i'm fine with it i don't love it i thought the way they talked about it on commentary was weird just call him by the name he's gonna go by don't yeah. talk about what his name used to be uh i i don't think that really adds much um and if you're excalibur you can still talk about your history with malachi black mm-hmm. that's fine um but it just it felt a little odd that he's going by malachi black It's got to be his choice, right? Like, this is AEW. They're not going to say, oh, hey, by the way, here's your stupid name. Congratulations. Welcome to the roster. Like, you get to choose that kind of thing. So they're not going to have him come in and just assign him a name. So knowing uh, Tommy End and how much he's, like, involved in his character storylines, Mm -hmm. creative there's got to be a reason for it. And I think that's going to become apparent uh, as we move forward. Uh, I saw some people on Twitter theorizing that like Tommy End, the man is just a vessel. And so all of these characters are like, like demons that he channels or spirits or whatever. So like if it's something like that where, you know, there's going to be more of a supernatural angle to it, totally cool with that. And I think there are plenty of people, obviously for him to feud with one of my big takeaways from this is I'm going to have to fucking watch rampage. Yeah. Yeah. There are They're so many talent, people man. coming into the They're company. That it's, it's going to be its own thing. It's going to have its own stories that are not on dynamite and it's, uh, it's going to be required viewing. So I I went from, you know, a couple of years ago when I was big into the other wrestling company watching like seven, eight hours of wrestling a week to now I just watch two and it's kind of glorious and uh, I'm going to have to bump it up. And uh, I don't know how I feel about that uh, yet.
0: At least it's a one hour show. You can DVR it, you know, like we're not going to have to watch it live. So it but I do agree. We're going to have to probably watch this as a as canon, basically, not some yep. of the smaller stuff we see on Elevation and, and Dark. Um we but should Joel, come up with I, a
1: stupid name for our a segment like in honor of, of the Raw rebound, um, which was the SmackDown <laughs> segment where they talked about what was happening on Raw. We should come up with a stupid name like that to talk about Rampage uh, on our Dynamite podcast.
0: All right. I'll, I'll have to get the creative juices flowing. We'll figure we'll something workshop out. It. Yeah, we'll workshop it. Um, one last thing I want to say about this is I'm didn't Alistair Black lose Black at some point. Wasn't he just Alistair? Did he fall victim to the WWE last name?
1: I don't know because I wasn't watching. I had I stopped fu- watching th- at that point.
0: I think he did. And if he actually did, then he has an easy shirt. The black is back or back in black. Either way. Oh, God. that could work. No, thank you. <laughs> well, Joel, you ready for some lightning rounds? Hit it. Lightning round. I can't believe... This didn't make it, but we got the debut of Andrade El Idolo tonight, and what a perfect opponent for him to face in Matt Seidel. And my big things from here, Joel, we got some three amigos in this match. We got a little Eddie Shimmy. I love it. I fucking love this. Um, His black mask cosplay gear, I thought was fantastic. Wrestling in fucking pinstripes. What a badass. This is the scar face of AEW, and I love it.
1: Yeah, uh, this match uh, honestly was paced a little bit slower than I was expecting, given the two guys that were in the ring. But I think, again, that comes from experience. It reminded mm-hmm. me a little bit of Christian's debut, which was not, you know, an incredibly fast paced, high flying affair. All of that stuff was here. We got to see you know, Andrade's athleticism on display. I love the double moonsault that he does, mm-hmm. where it's like the moonsault, land in the ring, and then immediately do a standing moonsault to hit your opponent who has rolled away. Uh, lots of really fun stuff that uh, I think is just going to continue with him. Uh, his mask was a reference to his character in CMLL, I believe. He was La Sombra. Mm. Uh, or the shadow um and really really dug that look and just everything about him coming out he looked like the final boss of a video game when he came out in that suit with the mask on it's like you know am i at the end of double dragon here about to get my ass kicked so uh, really enjoyed that
0: i got i got batman vibes from from the look some dc comics there but yeah great stuff he looks bigger. Maybe it's because I haven't seen him wrestle in a while, but or maybe it's because he was wrestling Matt Seidel. I don't know. He looked jacked like he's he is definitely
1: in in better physical shape. Um, But I mean, that's what happens when you take time off, right? Wrestlers Mm -hmm. always come back looking better. But he's also, I think, just bigger than we remember him being. uh, Mm -hmm. Because, you know, when he was in NXT, when he won the NXT championship, he was bigger than most of the guys on the roster mm-hmm. at that time and is physically imposing in the ring. It's kind of in the same way. And I, I you know, obviously this is like the easy comparison. Eddie Guerrero was bigger than you remember. Yeah. Uh, and when you go back and you watch him, it's like, Dag him. it was, he's was big dude.
0: Yeah. All right, buddy. What do you got for me in lightning round?
1: Uh, So I, I really enjoyed the, Ethan Page, Darby Allen, sit down Mm -hmm. with JR uh, for two reasons. One, just really, really good work by both guys explaining their perspectives, explaining their motivations. Uh, I I really am starting to just move Ethan Page higher and higher (laughs) in my (laughs) promo rankings in AEW. He's demonstrating that he is one of the best talkers in the company. Uh, And that's that's a high bar to clear because there's a lot of great talkers in AEW now. Uh, But the second thing is we love continuity on this show and we got some continuity with Ethan Page taking a moment to thank Darby Allen for not putting his hands on him so they could actually have their match, calling back Mm -hmm. to the stipulation that he put in place last week on Dynamite. And I really love that little bit of attention to detail it wasn't necessary, but it just elevates the segment so much.
0: Well, it's very rare in, in wrestling where two feuding wrestlers don't brawl. Like, like even in the Jericho MJF segment, it ended with MJF eating a Judas effect. Like it's rare. So them referencing it. And then the segment ending without violence, I think, is effective. And the promo stuff was great. Like Darby just going for the juggler right away. I was better in my first year than Ethan page was in his 12th fucking awesome. (laughs) Like, like that's how you piss someone off. So this match already had a lot of tension and it's been built up really well. This promo was the cherry on top that will bring us to the match next week. And I can't wait. And you know, casket coffin matches are inherently no disqualification. So I fully expect Scorpio sky and sting to potentially get involved with this. And what happens every time Darby's in a match. Show he does something that we think will kill him. So I'm curious to see how Ethan page will attempt to murder uh, Darby Allen next week,
1: especially in a no DQ style match.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Joel, I'm going to go with the strap match at the beginning top of the card WWE I'll, I'll give them this. I prefer when they have the lights in the corner to let you know which ones they've tapped like and how there's like a timer associated with it. I always think to that classic Eddie Guerrero JBL one where JBL won the belt from Eddie. Um, I always that's like what I think of a uh, strap or bar rope type match. Um, but this was fun, and some of the moves they did. They definitely were impacted by the strap here. There was some suplexes and fallaway slam stuff type of things where they didn't get the lift they normally would get, or they didn't get the torque they normally got. Um, and that kind of added it to it for me. And QT Marshall, if it wasn't for the main event, I think, would have the spot of the night with wrapping Cody up in the strap and hitting the diamond cutter off the turnbuckle. I thought that looked awesome. So this was really fun and hopefully. Hopefully this is the end of the factory nightmare family stuff. Let's move on a little bit (laughs) or at least the Cody Um, part. Maybe Cody will be involved with black and QT can continue stuff with the other members. But I feel like this is an end point.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I thought the crowd made this match. Uh, They were
0: hot, man. They were so hot for this match.
1: Really hot crowd. And you know, what made the like not having the lights on the turnbuckles work for me was you had the crowd chanting anytime Cody would go to hit the turnbuckles and counting Mm -hmm. up to four. So it felt like a big moment when he finally did hit all four. And it's a match that the finish always feels underwhelming to me just because of the stipulation, but because the crowd was so into it, uh, it, it, absolutely worked so so props to the the miami wrestling fans that came out and made what could have been a fairly forgettable match because strap matches just aren't that interesting uh into a really really fun and memorable moment you know first match back on the road out of jacksonville Mm -hmm. hot crowd and a great finish
0: yeah and i'll say this too there's a lot of internet talk you see sometimes of like fans being sick of cody and we've talked about it before, like Cody's had some weird momentum up and downs this year. But first show on the road, full. This was the biggest crowd they've had since before the pandemic. Fans fucking love Cody, <laughs> like like the casual AEW fan, if you want to call them that. They love Cody. The internet marks whatever, fuck them. Cody is still over huge, um, and he is still one of the biggest talents they got the fans you have to
1: remember that a small small percentage of the people that go to these shows are also assholes on twitter so when you see the assholes on twitter that is a tiny Mm -hmm. representation of the fan base so yeah maybe they do get pissed off and say they're sick of cody and i saw some of the like jokey stuff about like oh of course like uh Alistair or Malachi Black has a, an opportunity to wrestle all these people who were on the indies when he was in WWE and, and he gets to face Cody first. And it's like, well, of course he's facing Cody first. Cody's the face of the company. Like yeah. there's no bigger way to debut than to come in and face Cody. Even wrestling for a title doesn't feel as big for a debut because you're probably not going to win it. AEW doesn't have people come in and win belts immediately. Miro is the closest And even Miro was like three months and two feuds in.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I see people. Oh, that's just gonna be Cody going over him, like he did a go-go. And this is different. Don't count on it. (laughs) No, Malachi Black is different. This gives me kind of Kevin Owens going over John Cena in his main roster debut a few years ago. Like that match was
1: awesome. That match was (laughs) awesome.
0: Fuck, I want to go on the network and watch that match right now. That match is great. But <laughs> that was also like late turn Cena career where he just turned into this five star machine like and started whipping uh, out new so, moves. Like, I-, I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I always felt like John Cena was great in the ring. Oh, no. Always. He started wrestling guys who like it seemed like for a stretch that he got bored. And then he went on that string of facing former Ring of Honor guys where he was like, oh, man, wrestling's fun again. Because he went like Kevin Owens, yeah, yeah. Like Sammy
1: Zayn was actually the first in yeah. that line, uh, yeah. but I think he had a match against. Um, didn't he have a
0: match against Neville? Oh, it was all in that in that entire U.S. Open challenge. He faced yeah. Neville. He faced Cody during that too, as Stardust. Yeah. And that was a great match. Um, sorry, this is we could talk Cena for hours. Who who's? Whose item was that? I can't even remember. I think it was uh, that, me. That was, that was I, yours. I, I brought that up was the yours. strap match.
1: <laughs> so uh, I gotta talk about the stroke daddy himself, absolute Ricky Starks. Uh, I loved this segment. Absolutely loved it. Uh, it was great that he came out and had his own private security, and that he looked into the camera to let us all know that he paid for it himself. And he's just making this whole thing all about him and firmly implanting himself in the heel role in this feud so that Brian cage can be the babyface. And I, I love it. Uh, cage coming out and dispatching people was great. Those, uh, security guards, uh, took some pretty great bumps. So good job by the enhancement talent. Uh, mm-hmm. absolutely loved it. Loved everything about it.
0: Did, did sharks insinuate that FTW stands? Fuck the wife. <laughs>
1: uh for the wife he clarified the on wife. okay
0: bullshit uh if we're gonna have a power ranking of wife fucking jokes tonight this was number one and the fact that we have more than one is something what i found was the about only the...
1: one the other one was was uh was uh a, a mom situation oh, well, I guess, mom joke. you know potentially is somebody's it's wife someone's wife not, yes not mjfs so. got it <laughs> uh, um i
0: what i liked about the segment is Kind of the shock from the rest of Team Taz. Like the team rest of Team Taz, like, what are you doing? Like, we always thought this whole time that this was gonna be the story that kicked Brian Cage out of Team Taz. Maybe this is the story how Ricky Starks leaves Team Taz and goes on to bigger and better things. Just from this one segment, I'm with you, dude. This was awesome, and him saying, "Oh, my neck," you know, I'm not cleared yet. Oh, he's such a slime ball. And honestly, I love me some Brian Cage. I think Ricky Starks has way more potential uh, based off what he can do on the mic and as a character. So that I can't wait for that
1: match. I think the last two promos from Ricky Starks are the best talking that he's done since his initial introductory promo Mm -hmm. when he debuted against Cody. Uh, And I've been waiting for this because I know how good Ricky Starks is and how much charisma he has on the mic and with his character work. Uh, And it's not like what he's done in between hasn't been good. It just hasn't been on this level. He turned it up and I'm very, very excited uh, for this match, uh, I think it's going to be fantastic. He
0: he seems like someone. If they were to do like some multi-man type of match at uh, All Out for like a number one contendership or something like that, like he'd be someone that I could very easily see like win that match. Because um, even like, could you see picture heel Ricky Starks with the TNT championship and oh, yeah. like my. God, <laughs> like it would be amazing. I I definitely want him to win this match.
1: And then like really, really emphasize the FTW championship and like, pretend like it's a bigger deal than the AEW championship and just be a mega <laughs> heel with this belt.
0: I, uh, I want him to do a, a weekly challenge, but he's facing like the lowest of low jobbers. <laughs> like, like, and he makes such a big deal. Like next week is the FTW open challenge. And he's facing like a nobody. And then he just does that every week. He just the opposite of the TNT like five star match on a weekly basis. He just does these one star poopers with jobbers. That's that's what I want to see.
1: That could be fun. What else you got <laughs> for me? Um,
0: I thought the Jericho MJF segment was pretty solid. I, they kind of stole what I wanted. Hangman Page to do. I wanted Hangman Page to go through the all of the elite before he could get to Kenny Omega. So to flip it and have Jericho. It's kind of weird. Cause like Jericho is, you would think would go over everyone in his pursuit to get this, but how funny it would be if Jericho lost the first match, <laughs> like, like he just loses to Dax. <laughs> 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 well, I guess you're not getting your match and that's it. Like, I would love the story to end that way. Maybe it was just because I liked fucking weird shit. And I think that would be a perfect way.
1: <laughs> if they were to do that and then have like Sammy Guevara step in and, you know, be like, you know, Chris couldn't run the gauntlet, but I can, and mm-hmm. I want a rematch, and that would be cool. I'd be down with that, but no, I agree. I think Chris Jericho <laughs> is probably going to go over here. And the one that hurts my feelings is him going over Wardlow, uh, because I don't really care if he beats the others, you know. Yeah, we can that's come so- up with reasons for that, but they're going to be good matches,
0: mm-hmm. and I think
1: you know that's something to look forward to here. Sean Spears and Chris Jericho is actually really compelling to me. Um, I, I haven't really thought through exactly what I'm expecting, but I do expect that to be a really, really well put together match because they're just both so smart in the way that they lay things out. And they're both have the same kind of mentality and approach to professional wrestling. So I expect that to be a really, really good match.
0: I do like that. We're setting a trend here that MJF is such a hated fuck that wrestlers will submit to his demands to wrestle him. We already saw this with Cody. (laughs) like with all the shit Cody had to go through,
1: it's kind of like million dollar man type stuff, except without the money component thrown Mm -hmm. into it. It's
0: like, if you want a chance to punch me in the face, you have to do exactly what I say. I thought they could have done some other stuff here with the stipulations, but I guess we'll see that with the matches and the match types. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a handicap match between Jericho and FTR. If that's his step, You have to fight both of them to win. And then maybe, you know, they did a cage match with Wardlow during the Cody thing, but some sort of like, or or like a chairs match with like Sean Spears, like gimmick matches that can kind of hide Jericho's deficiencies um, that can also lead to some interference to help him get these wins. So um, I'm, I'm curious to see. I did like, I, I know you didn't like the, the fuck your mother joke, but the fact that it was like, And then he just did the long delayed again. It's oh, man. It was classic Jericho. I laughed so hard. Like, like I literally paused the show because I was laughing so hard. So um,
1: my favorite thing from this segment was the handshake and the Judas effect. I thought that mm -hmm. looked so good. And to the
0: point where I hope he adds a ripcord to the Judas effect going forward. Like make that a part of the move where you get him groggy and you pull him in like that.
1: I mean, I don't know that that's necessary. I think the strength of a move like the Judas effect is that it can be hit in so many different ways. So like, if that's one of the things that he can potentially do, then cool. But well, be, be like, similar
0: like Cody nailing the three crossroads at the end of the match. Like, you know, it's over. This is just to add insult to injury. Like you can pull the ripcord with it. But yeah, it looks it looks smooth and silky as fuck. I loved it.
1: So my next item is the mixed tag match between oh, God, the Bunny yeah. and the Blade and Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander. And uh, what really intrigued me with this match is that they really, really teased the intergender wrestling like mm-hmm. spots. And it, it seemed like so many times that the men and women were going to get physical with one another. And uh, I'm a fan of intergender wrestling. I think it can be done really, really well. We've actually seen it in AEW done really well with the AEW dark taping from the Jericho cruise, where there was the match between um, Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford Mm -hmm. with Riho and Kenny Omega, where there was physicality between the men and women and it was done really, really well. So I think it's, time that we kind of move past this stigma that's there and just let competitors be competitors and obviously the talent like in a company like AEW they're not going to be forced to do anything they're not comfortable with but Mm -hmm. for the talent who are are interested Chris Statlander has done a ton of intergender wrestling and she's very very good at it so like I want to see more of that. I thought this was a really fun match. Great work by all four competitors, uh, and I thought that really the blade and Orange Cassidy kind of took a back seat and let the mm-hmm. women shine in this match. the The most interesting and best spots were involving the Bunny and Chris Satlander. and I just really dug this match.
0: I loved the finish. I loved Orange Cassidy being blasted with the nux, and then. Statlander having the sneaky tag and winning the match despite the, the chicanery Um, in terms of intergender wrestling, I'm a big fan of it too. Uh, I don't think we're going to see that on TV. Like I don't think that's going to be a TNT TBS thing. I could see them doing it on a pay-per-view, you know, making it a pay-per-view match um, just because I could, I can't see TNT being for that as much as they've give a W leeway to do violent shit on their TV. I just don't know if a, a major American TV corporation is going to do that, but we'll see. Cause it'd be awesome. Like Chris Statlander versus the blade could be a fun match. Like, so, um, yeah, I, I, I think that's everything. Oh, one last thing. I loved <laughs> Statlander saying Dallas is known as the big D and when I'm done with it, it's going to be the big DMD. I thought that was really, really good a little funny line in their promo, but yeah, Joel, if you don't have anything else, I'll, uh, I'll close this out here. All right, people, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the other wrestling show on Twitter at OWS underscore pod Joel at the other Joel me at Michael underscore Aranda you can get the podcast on TuneIn, Apple podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts. We're there. Give us a follow, a subscribe. Love to hear from you. Email us at the other wrestling show at gmail.com and Joel anything to say before we get out of here
1: join the dark order
0: join the dark order
1: remember everybody life's a work duck the clothesline and happy wrestling